Hello and welcome to The Nature Pod, a weekly conversation and invitation to join me and my guests as we navigate pathways to nature. Let's awaken our senses to all that is around us as my fellow walkers in life, friends, experts in the field of health, wellness and ecotherapy share their stories of nature connection and their insights into personal development. I'm Suzanne Radford, forest therapy practitioner, communication coach and radio presenter, lover of the great outdoors, guiding people through nature to a place of calm, clarity and contentment. I have found some of the best conversations, ideas and inspiration happen when walking and spending time in nature. So let's connect and see where it takes us. My guest today is Penny Coombs. She's a school teacher, wife and mother of two grown-up boys and living in the hills to the west of the Algarve in southern Portugal. Originally from Devon in England, she and her husband Tim moved to Portugal a few years ago. Penny has taken part in some of my forest bathing walks and forest therapy workshops, so it's a pleasure to welcome her to the Nature Pod from her house on a rainy morning. And I began by asking her what she's noticing. I'm sitting in a front room in our house looking at a beautiful view across the mountains. Can't see as far as usual, but looking across to the east towards Faro and Spain and across our vegetable garden. How is the vegetable garden? I imagine you might have been in that quite a bit during lockdown. This is my new life at the moment. Even though I've always loved being outdoors and enjoyed being in nature, it was always more for relaxation for me as time out from work and inspiration for painting and now I've become really interested in the vegetable garden and and growing and my husband's the person who leads this who's working with permaculture and knows a lot about plants so I'm working alongside and just loving it in the bedroom we've got lots of little seedlings growing in pots so I enjoy watching them come up and then planting them out and seeing the beginnings of vegetables so we've we've got cauliflowers and cabbages and radishes and lettuces and strawberries and we're just planting beans and pumpkins and melons and um I think it's also actually having my hands right in the earth and feeling feeling the earth, feeling the soil, smelling the soil. I find incredibly nourishing and uplifting. And um, we have about half an acre of land, so not, not a huge amount, but um, land that apparently has been farmed for about 2,000 years. So the soil is very, very good and um, ideal for planting and growing. We also have fruit trees and Tim has planted a lot of nut trees so those are slowly coming on as well. I understand that you've not been in your car, you've not left the house or your garden for how many weeks? Well do you know I've lost touch with how many weeks. We had a wonderful visit from our eldest son and his girlfriend just before the lockdown and that was the last time that I went out actually went um went out walking with them and and then came back they got the last flight back to the UK uh, having had two cancelled and then we basically stayed put after that because my husband would have been in a category for um, shielding if we'd been in the UK so we decided to follow those guidelines here so yes I think it's about two months just alone here with with my husband what else are you liking in nature at the moment I've been really enjoying the wild flowers I've been walking every day up 
from where we live up the mountain. Not very far, but just a daily, for daily exercise really, but observing the, the beauty of the wildflowers, all different colours, purples and blues and yellows and oranges and, and the red of poppies. And it's very uplifting um, to be able to walk somewhere that a couple of years ago after the big wildfires was all burnt out and such a sad place to be, to see everything coming alive again. The madronia bushes growing strong and um, some of the cork oaks still alive. And I make my way up to somewhere where at, at this time of year there's still water flowing and there's a stream that comes right down from the top of Picotta Mountain. And so I've been standing there doing some Tai Chi exercises by the water every morning, which is a really beautiful thing to do, and breathing by the water. And then going a little bit further up through woodland and through carpets of wild flowers to find the peonies, which are out at the moment, and some beautiful rhododendrons and up to a, a circle of, well, a circle of cork oaks that are still there that survived the fire. A poem that just came to my mind was William Blake, but the first couple of lines, to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower. I think that's where I'm at at the moment, looking very closely, looking at the insect life in the garden and the bees loads of bees on all the flowers in our garden on the on the lavenders and the borage they love all all round where the nasturtiums grow just seeing infinity in the little tiny things holding infinity in the palm of the hand and eternity in an hour oh just beautiful penny that's lovely thank you tell me a little bit about your background and where your love of nature stems from <laughs> well i've been thinking about it a little bit and I was thinking something I became aware of um, just recently is I, I love I like to have a rest after lunch something I started to do when I lived in Italy years ago and through years of teaching in schools didn't have an opportunity again until now and I always choose to just lie down on a mat outside and look up at the trees and I realized that I was one of the babies who was put down at the end of the garden um, to sleep and would have had a few of trees like that waving in the wind when I was a tiny baby. And um, I guess we, I was lucky to have, we had a garden and my grandfather had run a nursery and florists. So the garden was full of flowers and different trees and my secret place was under a weeping willow where I used to play. And I was, as a child, I was alone at home because my sister was already a teenager when I was born. So there were walks by the river, by the River Thames and the water meadows that used to be full of flowers. And I remember the grasses being so tall, they were above my head. So that was the very beginnings. And then we moved to the Berkshire Downs and there I was, nine years old and unbelievably now I was left to run free on these downs with the dog and I used to go for what I think were quite long walks but I'm not really sure how far it really would have been and enjoying the cowslips and the bluebells and and the chalk soil 
And then we moved to the new forest. So again, it was deep there. It was deep woodland that I grew to love. And then when I was at university, I, in, during the summer periods, I used to work for somebody on a walking holiday experience called Head for the Hills and had, had a wonderful time walking moorland in ver- very wild places where we didn't come into contact with anybody during a week of walking holiday. So having gone as a holiday experience, I then worked for Lawrence Golding, was his name, and discovered the beauty of and exhilarating feeling and the the calm that comes from walking all day. And we used to not talk. We'd walk in single file and, and sit to rest every now and then where we would talk. But that was a very deep experience of being in nature and just furthered my love of walking. Would you describe yourself as a sensory person? Yes, I think I think I probably would would say that. I mean, walking for me is always about primarily looking, I guess, and often that gives me inspiration for my paintings. So I love to paint landscapes and flowers and trees. Um, looking, being in the the overwhelmed and awed by the immensity of the landscape, different landscapes. When you've been out walking for several hours and you're in sort of huge hills and by rushing water, and then listening, always listening to what you can hear, whether there's a bird singing or the sound of the wind in the trees. And I love to touch touch the ground and and feel feel the earth feel different soils is that part of your process when you're painting yes to be very much immersed first in a landscape and take photographs and then to to actually be in the painting and and feeling feeling the things that I'm painting while I'm while I'm painting there's a particular tree painting I've done recently actually of a of a cork oak where I sort of went to visit it and was ever so pleased that it was still there after the fires. And um, I've grown to love its shape. And just the feeling of, of the, its strength in this mountain landscape. And the feeling of the, um, the cork oaks went with well, this particular cork oak has not had its cork removed. So you can feel all the gnarled old cork, which is rather wonderful to feel. I wrote a piece recently for Tomorrow magazine about the cork oak, where we live here in the Algarve is particularly known for the cork oak tree. I'm in the cork oaks every day. Uh, I guide the forest bathing walks in cork oak forests. But I hadn't realised the history behind the cork oak and how much it gives the cork. This amazing thing, this natural product that comes off the tree and is used in so many things. It's just this durable, natural product. The tree isn't harmed when it's harvested and cut from the tree, but actually provides so much to us. It's a fascinating living being, the cork oak. It reminds me, actually, on, on the Portuguese television recently, on the news, they showed a factory where they were making masks. 
um, for the virus and posting them off to people. Amazing. So masks made out of cork. Out of, yes. And they were saying they're breathable, they're comfortable to wear, and they're packaging them and posting them off. Yeah. Something else that I've remembered, actually, is something that I've been doing recently, a gathering. I've been um, finding different things to eat as salad in, in our garden and also herbs to make teas with. And I've been, I've, for the first time ever, drying herbs upstairs um, to use for teas. So I've got nettle on the go and, and then we've got nasturtium seeds that um, we're eating as a substitute for capers really delicious and the leaves the nasturtium leaves and flowers and borage beautiful blue flowers that we've been putting in salads and then red clover and mallow i've been collecting so when i first um i've been teaching online and at first i was finding it quite stressful for my voice so i've been using mallow tea which has soothed my throat and I felt very grateful to find all these things um, just where I live. You and Tim are, are, are health conscious. Would you like to talk a little bit about that and how nature's helped you? For me, um, it's resting is the main thing. I had, a, I had a period of time when I was working full time as a teacher where I was off work with stress. And, and I found first just being in the garden was healing to rest and sit and look at the flowers and the trees. And then after that walking and um, following walking the coastal paths around where we lived in Devon and in Cornwall. And during the time I was working, I had two trainings. One was forest school leader training and the other was a thrive training. And it became apparent in that just about how for one's health, being in nature is, is essential. Certainly my husband moved here because he was unwell with MS and myasthenia gravis. And he ate a very simple diet and a lot of fruit and vegetables and made sure he rested and worked in the garden and, and found it really healing. So he very rarely has an episode anymore because he's learnt to look after himself and live within nature's rhythm, a more natural way of living. Thanks for that, Penny. Uh, just to elaborate a little bit on your experience there, if someone was listening to this, whether they were a teacher or somebody in a job where they were suffering stress or burnout, is there anything you would advise or you would share you've already shared your experience but maybe if somebody's struggling to make that connection to nature if there's anything you'd like to to add if you were talking to one person who might be going through a challenge of stress at the moment yes I guess um, the number one thing for me was learning to breathe and realizing that I'd always been breathing in a very shallow way even though I'd been practicing yoga since my 20s. I'd never really learnt to breathe deeply and slow down. And during that period that I had time off work, I actually did a mindfulness training, which was actually recommended through the NHS. And that involved meditation and breath work. So there were two things, really. There was that, um, going deep inside myself, um, and learning to be with myself and find peace within myself. 
and alongside that going out into nature and experiencing the peace within reflected outside in everything I, I saw and I did walk a lot I must have walked miles and miles um, because I found that really helpful to breathe and walk and look and um, just just be be in nature. But again, then I found working, actually working in the garden is bringing me an even deeper sense of, of peace. And I'm not saying I haven't felt troubled by what's going on in the world, but I've been making sure that I focus on where I actually am in the moment and what's happening in my life and make sure I'm measuring what I'm learning about the outside world alongside that so that I'm not overwhelmed because it would be very easy to be totally overwhelmed. What have you brought from nature to share with us today? Oh, to share today, my new love, which is of um, eating kumquats or nespera, as they're called in Portugal. And we, we have a couple of trees. And this year, they, the fruit is absolutely perfect. So they're a, a round um, orangey yellow fruit and absolutely delicious. So every morning I've been gathering a few and we've been having them with our breakfast. And we're just about to make a a type of um, very set jam. I'm not sure what the word is, a, a, marmalade, a, a marmalade from them because there are so many. It reminds me just before the lockdown, I think about four days before the lockdown, I was in Lisbon guiding a food tour around the market, the timeout market and the local uh, Ribeira market. And one of the things I did with the people I was guiding was a, a blind tasting. So um, people went off into the market uh, picked something to bring back to the table and we uh, we did blind tastings one to tune into the to the sense of taste and two to see if we could guess what it was that was a, if, I love it because people come back with all different things uh, we were tasting different honeys one person bought back was the comquat which I, was really lovely to share people that have never met each other before from different parts of the world around the table, just really tuning into the sense of taste and also the social aspect of, of being together. It's a lovely memory. You talked about your love of walking. Is there a walk that particularly stands out in your mind that you'd like to share? My favourite walks in the past were always coastal walks. I used to love walking um, the south coast of Devon down to um, Start Point and round the corner and along a very wild bit of coast there and also the Cornish coastal path but since moving to this mountain um, I've just loved all the different walks I've experienced on the mountain and in a walking group which I know you're also a member of Suzanne which I've so enjoyed walking with other people and having company. There's a particular walk actually from our house which I've done again recently which is walking right to the top of the peak of Picotta. We were actually up there for the new year. Uh, our younger son persuaded us to go up there for midnight, so we climbed up over the rocks. But the walk from our house goes up through different meadows and then onto a bit where you go through some chestnut trees and then right up onto a ridge up the top where you see this view of the whole of the south coast of the Algarve. You can actually see all the way, you can see from Faro Beach 
all the way to um, Sagres. And you can also see Foya and the other mountain peak and all the way, a little bit of the West Coast as well. So I find that experience really exhilarating and getting up on the granite up the top is always really special to me. Time to just sit and absorb this incredible view before going back down into the trees and back home. I was up there the other day and there's bushes there. I have never seen so many butterflies. Butterflies all over. In fact, I just stood there and put my hand out and two butterflies just came and sat on my hand. There were so many flying around these bushes. It's just beautiful. If, is there something you could share if what stands out in your mind as a place in nature that maybe has had an impact on you? There's another recovery, actually, from illness. I do have a memory of um, having six weeks off school, which is as long as the whole summer holidays, with glandular fever when I was a teenager and, and spending a large part of that time lying in my parents' garden on a swing seat so the seat would swing backwards and forwards and, and just looking and noticing. And I think you mentioning the butterflies must have made me think of that because I've watched butterflies and bees and watched the trees swaying. And when I was doing my Thrive training, soft fascination was mentioned as being when, when you relax in nature and you just see the movement of grasses or trees and you're relaxed in it your eyes are able to just softly gaze and you can be deeply deeply relaxed so another healing experience another place that's very important to me is um, somewhere in on the north cornwall coast where we used to camp when our children were little and um, the coastal paths there with um, beautiful bluebells and thrift, and wild violets, and the experience of, of camping, camping out and just being in nature, waking up in the morning, going outdoors, walking, swimming all day, swimming wild, love swimming out, outdoors in the sea or in, in rivers. What is that like to swim in a river or to swim in the sea? Well, I, I, I love... I love swimming in the sea. I love the freedom of it. And having quite long swims, um, I'd sometimes swim up and down the river estuary at um, Amorera, sort of from where, where it meets the sea as the tide's coming in. So you can, you can go with the current, which is the most wonderful feeling to let a current of a, of a river estuary carry you up and then down again. Also swimming on Dartmoor, we used to swim in a very deep pool. That had a very different feeling because the smell of the sea is all salty and you can look at the cliffs and just feel, feel the feeling of the waves, which is also very relaxing to just lie flat if it's calm enough and, and just feel the gentle rise and fall of the waves and feel immersed in the sea. And in the river, a very different smell, a really deep, earthy, earthy smell. And I've, I've never felt so comfortable in the rivers as I do in the sea because of perhaps not being able to see, see the bottom so easily. Again, a very peaceful feeling and very exhilarating, the cold water. 
helpful for the breathing <laughs> really and how important is that as we're facing and going through these times with a pandemic you know the the, the health of our lungs uh, there's been a lot of research and talk obviously about immune system boosting immune system and one way to do that is to walk out in the forest the other thing is to build our the strength in our lungs so you know walking up the mountain and swimming are two of the best things natural things we can do to to keep our bodies and lungs healthy just listening to you there penny describing swimming in the sea or swimming in a river a word that comes up a lot in my nature therapy is aliveness feeling awakened or feeling alive the sense of aliveness is that something you can relate to uh that's a feeling i get instantly when i swim in the sea (laughs) um instant feeling of of aliveness, yes, uh, exhilaration and instant happiness for me. I just love it. And I have the same feeling from from walking and coming to a point where I see a beautiful view. Um, big smile, big, big smile on my face and big inner smile as well to go with it. When we were in our regular days, the regular times before COVID-19, your ability with whatever you're doing in your daily work, I know you do translation work, you're teaching in Portimao to young children when you, we were all able to move around. You have this great ability to work into your day what you know is good for you. So whether it's taking a rest or going and sitting on the beach or taking a swim before you go and teach to allow this self-care and feel-good factor. I think it's very important for me, the, the idea of, of ritual, um, of, of having something that's the same every day and that, that has to happen. Um, for example, actually every morning I, I, I do a, a set of exercises and interestingly we've just recently incorporated into that some uh, I never know how to say it, qigong or, yes, qigong or qigong exercises, which we've been learning off the internet um, from somebody called Peter Dedman, who founded somewhere that I worked, a, a cooperative in Brighton called Infinity Foods, that um, was a, a whole food, still is a flourishing whole food business. And Peter Dedman went to train in Chinese medicine and acupuncture in China and on return um, taught at the Brighton National Health Centre these exercises which we've been following online for breathing. So that's something I've been doing up up by the water every morning. And then various bits of Pilates and yoga that I've learned over the years. Thinking and writing down 10 things I'm grateful for every morning, which has helped me to focus on the positive of the present moment that I'm actually experiencing, which gives me the courage to then face, face the news and find out what's going on in the world. If I take you back to your painting of the cork oak tree, if I just give you a moment to think about how it feels when you're in that landscape, you're in nature, observing and noticing the tree, the cork oak, and then you're transcribing that in some way through your artwork onto the onto the canvas if there was one word you could share that encapsulates that that moment I think um the word is hope for that particular tree and and place um hope springing from resilience um a tree that stood there through all sorts of weather 
um, on this incredible mountain, which is um, a very high point in the far southwest of the Algarve. Um, yes, hope. Penny Coombs, thank you very much for joining the Nature Pod today. Thank you for sharing your moments in nature. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you. You've been listening to The Nature Pod with Suzanne Radford. For more on my nature therapy walks and workshops and to see some of the wildflowers Penny was talking about, then check out thenaturepod.com or follow me on social media at Forest Bathing Algarve. And if you'd like to share your stories of nature connection and join me on The Nature Pod, then get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. I leave you now with an invitation to notice a plant or flower. Look at the colour and watch any movement of the petals or leaves, no matter how small. Take in detail of the flower and breathe. Notice how it feels.